Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. Mackey's Revised History of Freemasonry, Chapter 15, The Extension of the Art into Other Countries. The legend of the craft next proceeds to tell us how Freemasonry went into diverse countries, some of the Masons traveling to increase their own knowledge of their art, and others to use elsewhere abroad that which they already possessed. But this subject is very briefly treated in the different manuscripts. The Hallowell poem says nothing of the progressive march of Freemasonry, except that it details almost as an actual event the ill use of the four crowned martyrs as Christian Freemasons in the reign of the Roman Emperor Diocletian, and we should almost be led to believe from the course of the poem that Freemasonry went directly into England from Egypt. The Cook manuscript simply says that from Egypt, Freemasonry went from land to land and from kingdom to kingdom until it got to England. We find the later manuscripts are a little more definite, although still brief. They merely tell us that many skillful craftsmen traveled into various countries, some that they might acquire more knowledge and skill, and others to teach those that had but little skill. Certainly, there is nothing that is myth or fable in this account. Every authentic history of architecture agrees in the claim that at an early period, the various countries of Europe were traveled by bodies of builders in search of work in the building of religious and other edifices. The name, indeed, of traveling Freemasons, which was given to them, is familiar in architectural historical books. Truly, as George Godwin says, there are few points in the Middle Ages more pleasing to look back upon than the existence of the associated Masons. They are the bright spot in the general darkness of that period, the patch of verdure when all around is barren. But this interesting subject is more fully discussed in another part of this work, where we treat of the authentic history of Freemasonry. This portion of the legend cannot be said to belong to the time before the accepted historical period. Sufficient for the present for us to show that it is in this part, as elsewhere, the legend of the craft is not a mere fiction, but that the general statement of the spread of Freemasonry throughout Europe at an early period is proved by historical evidence. When we examine the legend of the craft, it will be found to trace the growth of Freemasonry through its several stages of progress from Babylon and Assyria to Egypt from Egypt to Judea, from Judea to France, and from France to England. Accepting Freemasonry and the early art of building as meaning the same thing, this line of progress will not be very different, with some necessary variations to that assumed to be correct by writers of architecture. But the study of this subject belongs not to that which went before, but to the historical period of the society that is based on the evidence of fully accredited records. Mackey's Revised History of Freemasonry, Chapter 16, The Legend of Charles Martel and Namus Grecus. The legend now gets near the field of authentic history, but still having its traditional character goes on to tell, but in a very few words, the entrance of masonry into France. 
We have this account given in the following language in the Dowlin manuscript. And so it befell that there was one curious mason that hate, or was called, Mamus Grecus, that had been at the making of Solomon's temple, and he came into France, and there he taught the science of masonry to men of France. And there was one of the regal line of France that hate Charles Martel, and he was a man that loved well such a science, and drew to this Mamus Grecus that is above said, and learned of him the science, and took upon him the charges and manners, and afterwards, by the grace of God, he was elect to be king of France. And when he was in his estate, he took masons and did help to make men masons that were none. And he set them to work, and gave them both the charge and the manners and good pie, as he had learned of other masons, and confirmed them a charter from year to year to hold their symbol where they would, and cherished them right much, and thus came the science into France. Now this legend is repeated almost word for word in all the later manuscripts right up to recent times. But it is not even mentioned in the earliest of all the manuscripts, the Hallowell poem, and this proves again that the two sets of recorded events and traditions are copied from quite different sources. In the Cook manuscript, the legend is in the following words. Sometime there was a worthy king of France that was clept Carolus Secundus, that is to say Charles II. And this Charles was elected king of France by the grace of God and by lineage also. And some men say that he was elected by fortune, that the witches falls as by chronicle he was of the king's blood royal. And this same king Charles was a mason before that he was king. And after that he was king he loved masons, and cherished them, and gave them charges and manners at his device, the which some men yet used in France, and he ordered them that they should have assembly, or assembly, on his on the year, and come and speck together, and for to be ruled by masters and fellows of things amiss. All absence of reference to Namus Grecus, a personage who will directly occupy our attention in the Cook document, is worthy of critical notice. We see that when Dr. Anderson was putting the legend of the craft into a modern shape, he left out any reference to Namus Grecus, but he preserved the spirit of the legend, so far as to say that according to the old records of Freemasons, Charles Martel sent over several expert craftsmen and learned architects into England at the desire of the Saxon kings. We shall attempt to prove, when in the course of this work the authentic history of masonry comes to be treated, that the statement in the legend of the craft in relation to the condition of Freemasonry in France during the administration of Charles Martel is simply a historical fact. Claiming for the hammerer the rank of King of France, while he assumed only the humble titles of Duke of the Franks and Mayor of the Palace, the legendists have made only a historical error of which the more experienced writers might be guilty. There is in the use of the name of Namus Grecus an unknown Freemason, who is spoken of as being active in the age of both Solomon and Charles Martel, certainly a seeming mixture of periods that requires further light and study. We have in this Namus Grecus a puzzle that has long troubled Masonic students. Hawkins' Concise Cyclopedia says that so far, and he is a recent authority, no satisfactory explanation has been furnished of the real personality of this curious craftsman. But we shall offer some suggestions for what they are worth, following the lead of Brother Mackey, whose comments on this, as on other matters, are sound and wise. 
we may fairly suppose Grecus to be merely to show the fact that this person was a Greek. Now the knowledge of his existence at the court of Charles Martel was most probably taken by the English legendists from a German or French source, because the legend of the craft is candid in admitting that the English masons had collected the writings and charges from other countries. Prince Edwin is said to have made a proclamation that any masons who had any writing or understanding of the charges and the manners that were made before in this land, England, or in any other, that they should show them forth. And there were found, some in French, some in Greek, some in English, and some in other languages. If the account and the name of this Greek architect had been taken from a German document, the text would most probably have been Ein Maurer Namens Grecus, or, if from the French, it would have been Un Macon Nom Grecus. The English legendists would probably mistake the words Namens Grecus or Nom Grecus, each of which means he was named Grecus, or literally, a mason by the name of Grecus, for the full name, and write him down as Namus Grecus. The Mamus in the Dowlin manuscript is evidently an error of the copyist. In the other manuscripts, it is Namus. Surely we may not unfairly take the corrected reading, then to be, there was a mason named or called the Greek. Moreover, we cannot admit of the claim that it was improbable that any legendist would have fallen into such an error. We must not forget that there are many other errors as to the spelling of names to be found in these old records. See, for instance, in these manuscripts such mistakes in the spelling as Hermarines for Hermes and Englet for Euclid, to say nothing of the copyist's sad blunder in the Leland manuscript where Pythagore, the French form of Pythagoras, has been cribbled into Peter Gower. It is not at all unlikely that Naaman's Grecus or Nom Grecus should be changed into Namus Grecus. There seems to be little or no doubt that the original legend meant to say merely that in the time of Charles Martel it happened that a certain expert from Greece, a Greek Freemason, who had been to Jerusalem, brought the principles of Byzantine architecture into France. History proves that in the 8th century there was a flow of Grecian architects and workmen into southern and western Europe because of persecutions that were inflicted on them by the Byzantine emperors. The legend, therefore, uses no spirit of fiction in mentioning the coming to France at that period of one of the architects. There is a further historical fact that Charles the Great of France was a liberal patron of the arts and sciences, and that he especially promoted the study and use of architecture on the Byzantine or Greek model of his dominions. Dr. Oliver, in the second edition of the Constitutions, repeats the legend with a slight variation. He says that Ethelbert, King of Mercia and General Monarch, sent to Charles Martel, the right worshipful Grandmaster of France, father of King Pepin, who had been educated by brother Mimus Grecus, he sent over from France about A.D. 710 some expert masons to teach the Saxons those laws and usages of the ancient fraternity that had been happily preserved from the havoc of the Goths. Pritchard, in his masonry dissected, gives upon what authority is not now known the legend in the following form. Euclid communicated the art and mystery of masonry to Hiram, the master mason concerned in the building of Solomon's temple in Jerusalem, where was an excellent and curious mason, whose name was Manon Grecus, who taught the art of masonry to one Carolus Marquil in France, who was afterwards elected king of France. Krauss has an interesting idea in regards to this change of the name to Manon Grecus, 
He says that in using this name, he thinks that Pritchard intended to refer to the celebrated scholar Manon, or Nanon, who was noted in his time for his ability in the language and literature of Greece. Nanon lived in the reign of Charles the Bold and was the successor of Erigena in the directing the schools of France. The explanation of the name that is offered by Dr. Krauss is not acceptable. It depends upon a name not found in any of the old manuscripts. Besides, this philosopher did not live in the time of Charles Martel, but long afterwards. However, as we have seen, this latter point is not of much force with legend writers who mix centuries up at pleasure. As far as the legend regards Charles Martel as the patron of architecture or Freemasonry in France, one point remains to be mentioned. If there has been an error of the legendist in giving to Charles Martel the honor that really belonged to his successor, Charles the Great, it is not surprising when we consider how great was the lack of information that prevailed in those days of the science that treats of the order of events, chronology. However, it must be remarked that at the present day, the French Masonic writers speak of Charles Martel as the founder of Freemasonry in France. The error of making the Greek architect known to both Solomon and Charles Martel is one which may be explained two ways. Either it is the use of a symbolic idea, referring to the close connection that had existed between Oriental and Byzantine architecture, or it may be excused as an instance of blundering chronology for which the spirit of the age, more than the writer of the legend, is to be blamed. This objection, however, will not lie if we assume that Namus Grecus meant simply a Greek architect. But this whole subject is so closely connected with the authentic history of masonry, having really passed out of the prehistoric period, that it claims a future and more detailed study in its proper place. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.